We had some technology issues on Friday. Then we both had to go to work. And that was unfortunate. But we are here to resume, well, kind of replace what we lost on Friday recording-wise. Real shame how that all went down. But it's okay, because we're going to persevere. We're going to rise above that noise. It's like a reverse resume, right? If we have the second half of what we did, we can't, like... Resume yeah. in the third half. Right. To back res- backward resume. Yeah, well, it's like replacing the first half that was lost to us and uh, letting you enjoy the second half for all the nonsense and absurdity it was. As is. As is. No replacement necessary. If there's any uncorrelated nonsense, we're going to ask you to, quite frankly, just deal with it and just envision what may have led to the nonsense in the second half that you're missing out on in the first half. But we think we're going to get there for the most part. For the most part, yeah. There, there's uh, there's one particular candy-type delicacy I'm going to make sure to bring up because it's something delicious that we really need to find out about from the world. Uh, quick disclaimer. It's not black licorice. It's not black licorice. That's not really a disclaimer. That's more like a clue. Yep. We, we rambled right over the entire theme song, so that's we're actually, in the show now, dog. That's not even remotely a, a disclaimer at all. No, it's not, it's not a disclaimer. I was not claiming, nor was I dissing. Well, I was kind of dissing Black Licorice. Yeah, but it was like a backdoor diss. It wasn't a very direct one. This is how you diss someone. Yeah. Is a backdoor diss a D2? No, because it's, it's like a BD2? It's a BD2. Man, yeah, so close yet so far. Backdoor dish. You wish. It's also like... I mean, as a backdoor dish, also, like, maybe you're coming to, like, a, a dinner party, but you're, like, not, like, totally invited, but you feel like you should bring something. So you, like, come with the dish, but you, like, you're not willing to knock on the front door. Yeah, you're a little embarrassed. You weren't actually invited, yeah. so you just sneak in the back and hope just no one notices you're just in the party. Yeah. You're like, hey, I've, and everyone's like, where'd the, the green bean casserole come from? And someone's like, oh, that's a backdoor dish. That's someone that wasn't invited. I like that. Yeah. I, I, uh, change approved. I'm in on that. Backdoor dish. Backdoor dish. Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah, Fr- listen, hey. friends of the world, if you want to attend a Thanksgiving party that you're not welcome at, just do the old, pull the old backdoor dish. Pull the old backdoor dish. It's a new classic that we've just created here. And welcome, everybody, D2B2 Sports in the cut, getting down on a Sunday morning with the Friday content in the underground. We're going to spit this out as quick as we can so we can publish it before 1 p.m. That way people at least realize we made these picks before the games in case they go well. And all like they might or might not, but we'll find what do you out. Mean? In, first of all, in case they go well, I'd like to hear a little bit more more confidence out of you. And second of all, you just spit out the precursor of in all likelihood. And the two options that you gave were they either will or they won't, which is literally the only two possible outcomes, unless we were to push on all five of them. Yeah, or or we like bat five hundred total across. But anyway, <laughs> that's Nikki Sager over there. Oh, hey Nikki. Cover Winkler in bees. What's up, team? I'm Derek Weber. Derek. Derek. And we are going to record our three NFL gambling picks for the day. And we're going to record a prop bet we like for the day. And then we're going to tag the half of the recording from Friday that was salvageable somehow. <laughs> That was our DFS picks for the weekend, and our parlay, and our Survivor picks. It's the Friday Five. It's the Friday Five Sunday edition. It's just like when the NFL does Thursday night football, Saturday edition, when the college football Ooh, ends. Which that's a great poll. Is the 
most absurd thing that I ever see on television, and it happens every single year. And they actually put it, like, they put up a graphic that says Thursday Night Football, Saturday edition. Yeah, they get hype about it, too. They get real excited. I don't, is there any comparison in the world of sports or anything else televised that you can come up with that rivals that for silliness? Um, Saturday Night Live had their, like, Tuesday Thursday edition. edition or Tuesday edition thing for a little bit. Is that, a, did they really? Yeah, no, they actually had, like, it was, like, a Thursday night. They did it after, like, the Friends block. Like, the 8 to 10 would be, like, their normal shows, and then they had, like, a half-hour SNL block on Thursdays. It was really weird. I missed this across the board. Missed it across the board. We've got a lurker over here on the stairs. What's up, homie? Like, what if they did, like, like college basketball March Madness and it was, like, lacrosse version? Ah. Lacrosse edition. I like that. I, uh, I'd i like to see... The Field of 64 is set. March Madness. Lacrosse edition. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense, sir. Doesn't make any sense. It makes very little sense. But we... Uh, did we since Friday have you come up with any fun analogies or metaphors you'd like to build your gambling picks with? Well, <laughs> no, I I think that I was so structured in the mindset that we had already done this that I didn't put any thought into how I wanted to come up with redoing it. That's fair. Yeah, no, we had we had we had had an episode we were quite pleased with, and technology and us being old people, and I don't I still don't entirely understand what happened. But we basically lost about 45 minutes worth of recording. A file got corrupted. That's all that happened. Corruption. I don't know, I don't know where the corruption I don't really know what that from. means, though. Like, I don't understand what file corruption means. I always assumed that, like, somehow... Like, one too many bribes? It, it ended up, like, in D.C., and there was some backdoor... Not dishes, but, like, some backdoor handshakes. The lobbyists got involved. Somebody, somebody paid off someone to make sure that it never made it to air. Yeah. Someone's dirty secrets were getting aired. Mm-hmm. We're apparently more popular than we think if our yeah. files are actually achieving corruption. In, of the uh, <laughs> File corruption, D.C. edition. That's right. Uh, people are interested in uh, getting to our dozens of listeners. It's a fair... <laughs> listen. It's a crowd out there that is very... What's the word I'm looking for? Impressionable. It's a very... Ah, uh, yes. It's a very impressionable crowd. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, they listen to us, so obviously some level of impressionability is implied there. But I actually do. I actually have come up with a uh, unique little metaphor I'm going to use for my three picks today. I'm just going to piggyback it. Nice. Yeah, can dude, I piggyback Yeah, you can piggyback. <laughs> little piggy. That that was a... Listen, I would not have thought that was actually you. I would have thought that you inserted a snort. No, sir. No no button there. Just me giving my, snort giving my nose like. a run on that one. I like the fact that you actually snort from a snout. Yeah, you definitely have to snort from the snout. I, I would really like it if snorks snorted from their snouts. Do you remember snorks? I do remember snorks. Come There's... along with the snorks. Come along with the snorks. They I don't think that's how the song went. but Beautiful. I like it is how the song went, and they lived a glorious underwater life. I would be a snork in a second life if I could. Yeah, snorking it up would be pretty fucking rad. I'd be in on that for sure. You'd snork for days. And speaking of snorking for days, let's go ahead and flip some random object to determine who's going to give their pick first. Oh, I, we can re- revamp this from uh, from last week. Last week, uh, Dee's decided to flip uh, a deck of cards, and he flipped it across the whole room for some reason. 
like my man literally threw it 12 feet across the room for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it didn't go well for me. Well, I, well you I, won the toss. I did win the toss, but I flipped it really far away, so then I had to get up and pick it up, and that sucked. I didn't like doing that at all. I know. I like I like sitting over standing. Solid. Yeah, I stand a lot, you know? I do. These right. chairs suck. I don't like sitting in these chairs. Are you going to go with the picture chairs. side or the blank side on What this? is that? That I looks like know, you man. tore that out of a candy No, I was just game. sitting on the ground. I don't know. It's, it's like cardboard. It's like hard material. Picture side. Picture side it is. Counts. It didn't really have much flip, but it counts. It didn't yeah. flip at all. <laughs> I did like a sideways spin. But <laughs> like it a helicopter. Yeah, it didn't fully flip over. Whatever. That's head. what I get for picking a poor object. Your call. Your call. Going first or second? North Carolina. All right. Raise up. I'm going to go second. All right. Nice. Well. Friday five. Friday well, five. Part one through three. Here we go. My first part, I'm going to call this the chocolate coating of my bat. Mmm. I am going with... Are you going to hint at what you're coding or where this is going to finish? Or are we just going to build and then gonna see build what and we reveal. end up with? We're going to build and reveal, dog. I build hope that reveal. like we get to the point where you're just like building layers of goodies on top of something. And then the core is like a Ford Escort. <laughs> it might be. We'll find out, man. This might be my way of revealing my chocolate-covered Ford if, Escort desires. If the interior, if the core... Ends up being a bet that you're comparing to a Ford Escort. I'm not certain that that's going to be a strong play. Hey, man, only one way to find out. Like We're a, in it. We're like in the a 98 now. teal four door coupe Escort. I feel like in the 90s, they only made Escorts in teal or red. There was red ones too. Also, I feel like in the 90s, most Escorts in Vegas were named teal or sapphire. I never went to Vegas in the 90s, so I'll have to take your word on that. I one. didn't either. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both old, but we're not that old. Okay. Uh, Atlantic City uh, don't in the eat. 90s. Never went to Atlantic City. Me neither. <laughs> Why did you keep Nick's just guessing. Plano, Texas. Sapphires and teals? Is that I your guess I just have there? this theory that Plano, Texas is like a hotbed for escorts. Uh, any Plano citizens that hear this, let us know. You can remain anonymous, don't worry. We won't rat you out for your hooker love. So we have a strong following in Plano, Texas. Yeah, we're Are pro, we hey, we're pro sex worker out here anyway, man. Hashtag live your life, do your thing. Plano, Texas, live your life. That's right. That's long tag long hashtag, but I, I I'm pro it. I'm in. Hashtag Plano, Texas, L Y L. There we go. That's better. That was mm-hmm. good. Chocolate coating. Chocolate coating of my three bets here is the Colts Jags to go over forty five. It's the chocolate coating. It feels safe. It's, it's part of what I really want, but it's safe. still just like... It's like a magic shell. Yeah, it's like a magic shell. It's just like, it's comfort food. It's delicious. It feels right. And I, I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, this Colts-Jags game. I think we're going to see some offense on the board. I feel like over 45 is a pretty easy mark. What do you think of this game? Uh... I gotta be honest with you. This is we're gonna make this work, and we're gonna put out some quality material. But when just side production note here, when I take down notes to base this podcast off of, they make way less sense forty eight hours after I write them than they do forty eight minutes after I write them. That makes sense. Like, yeah, you I'm reading some shorthand. long lists of things that I had covered initially when we did this, and uh, some of them are 
really vague, and I'm having a not necessarily a hard time piecing together. I'm almost wondering, like, what the hell is wrong with my mind that this actually made sense at the time? Because what I'm reading is pure chaos. Just a bunch of shorthand gibberish. It is. It's, it's yeah. total nonsense. Yeah, that was actually my uh, one of my biggest problems in college is I would try to take notes in such an extreme shorthand that I would then get home and try to study off my notes and be like, I have no clue what any of this fucking means. Um, I like this play. We're going to talk about this game a little bit more in depth. I... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this what this this sounds insane to say out loud. I'm looking forward to see what this Jags offense does. Uh, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be gun of the ball. He attempted 45 passes in Week One, the game that they should have won. Ended up giving up 14 points later in the game. Indy allowed the Texans to put 20 points on the board in Week One, and they played very very conservative, which I tend to think is not going to be the game plan all year long. I found it very curious that this was a game that they were losing 20 to 3 and the method they went to down by 17 points in the second half already was let's just pound the rock to Jonathan Taylor it's a very very curiously conservative approach to just be pounding the rushing game down by 17 in the second half but it was effective it was relatively effective um the the contention here it's going to be how does Carson Wentz operate without Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman has been announced as out for this game, which was not the case when we recorded this initially uh, on uh, You've Friday. time-traveled back a year. Matt Ryan, sir. Oh, I did time-travel back a year. Carson Wentz, for the record, last year with the now. Colts. Is a commie, but Matt Ryan looks just like Carson Wentz did last year. Who yeah, looked just true. like Philip Rivers did the year before. Yeah, that, that's all true. <laughs> that's, all, that's all accurate. Tough time, Tough timeline for the Colts. No Michael Pittman for the Colts. I wouldn't let that slow me down. I wouldn't give that. I wouldn't make that give you reason to back off this play. Yeah, I did not know that when I made the play at the time, but that's okay. I'm well, it wasn't the case. I that's mean, true. He, as of yeah. Friday, he was yeah. looking. He was questionable. That's but okay. That's most my, that's... indications were that uh, you wouldn't be missing that part of that chocolate shell. It's just like a little corner broke off though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little melted. Which, as we know, chocolate bar is slightly melted. Still delicious. <laughs> it's still delicious and nutritious. <laughs> Nice. Hit me with a part one, uh, uh, a one-star, uh, a lead-off hitter, you know? I'm not totally sure where we're going with this. This would be what I would consider to be my bronze pick, I suppose. Um, although I might tell you that I, what's going to be my silver pick or my one-star slash two-star, I, I probably have equal levels of confidence in. So I might call these dual one-and-a-half-star plays. Okay. If you will. And I will. Thank you. Um, I suppose... This is also chocolate coating, seeing as I'm not necessarily sure what we're building here, but I'll just play along and I'll call this my uh, I'll call this my chocolate coating. I am sitting on Cardinals Ravens over fifty one points. I think that this this Cardinals defense looks very susceptible. It's weak in the secondary. It's weak up the middle. The way that Patrick Mahomes operated against them in Week One, I, I'm concerned is going to be an issue for them year long uh the, the chiefs in that game their numbers were preposterous the, the chiefs ran 63 plays in week one and had 33 first downs hot dog Whew. also five touchdowns so on 38 out of 63 plays that they ran on offense resulted in either a first down or a touchdown that's a insane figure that's right insane. i mean it's the chiefs 
That's still an insane figure. I'm not taking away anything from Kansas City, but even even for Kansas City, that's a that's a preposterous level oh, yeah. of production. Um, the difference here, to me, is that while I do think the Raiders are going to be effective on offense, I think Darren Waller probably has a big day, much like Travis Kelsey completely shredded the Cardinals defense in week one. Um, I think Devontae Adams is going to continue to put up numbers. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. That connection that worked out so well at Fresno State just <laughs> did not take any time to materialize. Week one, Devontae Adams came out and torched the Chargers defense, who actually just played a relatively stout defensive game against uh, Kansas City. But the difference is I don't think that the Cardinals are going to fall into such a hole early like they did against Kansas City, where they just curl up into a hole and don't try to really put up offense. I think that this game has much more of a pong effect. I think there's a lot more back and forth. I think you should see James Conner have a little bit of success. Josh Jacobs should have success up the middle. A couple different injuries to note. Cardinals going to be without J.J. Watt. Uh, everything really leaning the direction that this number should be easily attainable. You should see a pretty high level of offense in this game, I think. Thoughts? D's? I love the take, man. I, th- I think you've addressed it really well. I, I, I'm with you across all boards of this. I think this is a really high-scoring game. I, I like a ton of players fantasy-wise or prop bet-wise within this game. I love overs in this game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. This is one of my matchups I'm very excited for this weekend. Game on. What is next? I want to say inside. The, what's got to be? It's coding. Yeah. What's inside yeah, the coding. chocolate coding? I'll, I'll go ahead and just this will t- this will tell you where I'm going. With peel it. the coding back. I'm going to peel the coding back, and underneath that is some sweet, delicious, fluffy nougat. I'm building one of my favorite candy bars, the Milky Way. Sweet, sweet nougat. Yeah, and my nougat bet of this little three bet. Before we hang on, I gotta I gotta slow you down. What? Is nougat? Can you answer this question for me? Dude, no, I cannot answer this question for you. I I've never known what nougat is. I've always been curious. I know it's fluffy and delicious. I know it's slightly like a moose, like it feels very moose adjacent. <laughs> moose like and a, squirrel. Moose and squirrel. No, like it. It reminds me of like a delicious moose type dessert. But yeah, I have no clue what a new nice what consists floofy, of nougat. Floofy texture. What makes this floofy goodness? But I'm super into the nougat. Is it the same? So I, just to clarify, I, I do know what nougat is, but if you were to ask me what it consists of or what it's made of, I would have absolutely no idea. Like, no none. And furthermore, I, uh, I would be fascinated to know if anyone knows. I don't know that anybody knows. We should experiment today. When we go to the bar, watch football, we should just ask many random people what nougat is. And they'll be like, oh, it's that shit inside a Snickers bar. And they'll say, yeah. But what is it? Yeah. What's what's it made of? Yeah. No, we're gonna blow a lot of minds. We're gonna give a we're gonna give the follow up question. A lot of people are gonna tilt their heads slightly to one side oh. and go, huh? The confused dog look. The confused dog yeah. look. The Pikachu yeah. wild beam. The there's a lot of uh, ways that one could describe this, but it is uh, it's one it's a perplexion. I think we're gonna give a lot of people. It's a nougat face is what I'm gonna call Ooh, it from now nougat on. Nougat face. When someone gives me a confused look, I'm just gonna be like. Take that new, wipe that nougat face off your head, and then you're gonna blow their mind with what nougat face? Yeah, means. and they'll be yeah. like, the fuck. Then are they're you gonna give about? the face again. A nougat face. And be like, yeah, that's that's why it's nougat face. Yeah, and I'll be like, you're making an expression like I just asked you what nougat is made of, and they're gonna do it again, but on steroids. Yeah, be an exaggerated level of confusion. Yeah, face in the face. Yeah, so phase bet number two. Nougat 
is my nougat. And that is Texans plus 10 because I just love it so much. Like, I, I think the Texans keep up sort of in this game. Plus 10 is such a big number in the NFL. It's hardcore analysis. I know. I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of juiciness in this one. Right. I love it. I think the Texans are better than other people think they are. I don't think they're a good team, but I think they're, I think they're going to be one of those. They're going to be the Lions from last year, where they only win a few games, but they cover their asses but they off. Backdoor cover shitloads of games. Yeah, like that's my Texans call of the year here, where the Texans are going to go like eleven and six against the spread this season. Um, I like the Texans. I don't know how much I like them this week, but I I do like the Texans as a covering machine, like you mentioned. I like the Texans have a much better record than people think. I think that. <laughs> I don't think it's terribly far-fetched to say that the Texans are somewhat in contention for that division when it gets toward the end of the year. Now, that being said, I think you can win that division at 9-8. and eight. I do not see any of these four teams running away with this division. Um, I, I think Houston is, is absolutely better than what the consensus is. I, do, I would be a little bit concerned that, I mean, we're talking about Denver's home opener, Russell Wilson's home opener. Russ did put up 340 yards in week one, a game that they only lost. They fumbled at the goal line twice. A lot of things went a little bit sideways for them that aren't going to be things that happen on a weekly basis. It was kind of entertaining. Did you see this? This just came out. But did you see that uh, Russell Wilson was actually using the same hand motions and gestures to his receivers that he used when he was in Seattle? And Tyler Lockett was on the sideline, like, pointing them out and yelling at the defenders. Like, anytime Russ would make certain sure. hand gestures, he would be like, that's a go route. He's going to run a go. He's going to run a go. And he was completely right. Wow. I did not see that. Which is like. Why would you not change your hands, you, dog? I mean, how much of a rocket scientist, how much of a nougat inventor do you have to be to recognize that when you go to a different team and play your former team in week one, you should maybe have different fucking hand signals? Like, <laughs> How the fuck did this not happen? Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. Uh, and I believe the word you were looking for is nougatologist. Uh. For the record, I, I, uh, I, you know, I'm not a candy expert, but I believe that that's called a nougatologist. I, I, I'm not certain because a nougatologist could actually just be someone that worships the inventor of nougat. Mm, that's true. The the nougat fanatics of the world. Yeah, the nougat followers. Yeah, the, the, ye who cherish the nouge. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them in Plano, Texas, too. Man, Plano sounds like a fascinating Let's go. place in your mind. Live recording, Plano, Texas. We need to find out how close to Nick's vision of Plano, Texas that city really is. So far, I've come up with the fact that the way that I see Plano, Texas in my head is apparently just a bunch of hookers and people that worship fluffy candy interiors. It sounds like a fun city when you put it that way. It sounds like something like you would see in like a... Like a remake of Willy Wonka on acid. Yeah, it sounds like a planet that would be in a really bad episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, and snorks. You think there's snorks in Plano, Texas? No, because they're not ocean adjacent. It's a dry climate. Yeah, it's a dry climate. Yeah, there's, there's nowhere for the snorks to live. It's a valid point. Yeah, no dry land snorks man-made, out there. Man-made lakes. Um, the, the concern on my level would be that Denver's offense doesn't have those bad breaks they had in week one. They click, they're at home, they just decide they want to pour it on. But even still, 10 points. I mean, how hard is it to be up by 14 with two minutes left and have Houston score a touchdown for no reason whatsoever? 
Yep. In a game that they end, end up Backdoor cover right? kings, man. The. So I, I want to get in the game early shouting out Houston as cover kings. That's why I want to get it on record in week two as my nougat. <laughs> so let's slide over to your second bet. You don't have to make it a nougat. You can make it a different candy filling for a different candy bar if you want. If you want to stick with the metaphor I'm using. But I'm so my just as a little teaser to all you, my caramel. My caramel, however the fuck that's you just want to say it, that's going to be my third bet. So I'm forming the Milky Way. I guess the problem is that I don't... Because <laughs> that's my favorite part of the Milky Way. If I if I wasn't so fond of the caramel, I would just get a Three Musketeers and it would just be chocolate and nougat. I think nougat's at its best when it has another supporting thing. Like, it's all nougat is too much nougat. Yeah. Nougat plus caramel, delicious. This one should be caramel for me because it's sticky. And the reason that this is sticky is because it's it's the same thing that I did in week one. Actually, I uh, <laughs> I, I played the Jags in week one, and I'm I'm coming right back with the Jags in week two. I'm sticking with the sticky yicky yicky. Ooh wee! My caramel is going to be uh, Jags. This this is a tough for me, and I'm gonna let you uh, dictate what the answer is gonna be, right? Because I I initially played. Well, I initially claimed that I was going to be playing. Well, I did play it in real life, but when we recorded on Friday, I took the Jags plus four and a half. But now they're only favored by three after the announcement that Michael Pittman is not going to be in the game. So do I just put it on the line that I'm taking three points because that's when the public is actually going to hear this? That's probably the stand-up way to go about it, right? Let's be honest here. Should it be stand-up dudes and just credit myself at at three points? We're just being honest folks out here. All right. Living that honest life. I <laughs> will grade this. We're, we're grading these. We're gonna we're gonna assemble and compile our record as the season progresses. Um, so we'll grade it at plus three. But I was on this at plus four and a half ahead of time. But it doesn't matter. We'll we'll, we'll call it the three points. Um, at one point in the Jacksonville Commies game last year, where last year. Last week, I'm yeah, all over this. Dude. I can't get out. Uh, yeah, I can't get it out of my so head. So many times. I just, I, I, I'm so excited about football. It's like I, I had so much fun week one. I just forgot it happened, and I keep thinking that I have to talk about last That's year. All, it's a whole year ago. But we're no, in week it was two. A week ago. Last week, we can do week two. We can. We're here. Live action. We are in it. Last week, uh, 11 minutes left in the game. Jacksonville had an 83 percent chance of winning this game, and then some things went sideways. Uh, I think that. The Jags really overperformed Washington in this game. It just didn't materialize in the end. Carson Wentz threw four interceptions. It's tough to say if this is a product of a quality Jacksonville secondary or if it's a reflection of Carson Wentz doing Carson Wentz things. But even if it is a reflection of Carson Wentz doing Carson Wentz things, how different is Matt Ryan? I mean, is Matt Ryan that much more impressive? Is Matt Ryan have an arm like he did 10 years ago? Because he certainly doesn't have an arm like he did 10 years ago. Facts. It's going to be curious to see if Indy is willing to recognize the fact that he doesn't have the arm he had 10 years ago because the team is built well enough. They have a tremendous supporting cast that this can be a successful team without Matt Ryan having to put up a great year. But they just have to acknowledge it, right? They have to do what the Steelers did in years past where they said Big Ben can't throw the ball like he used to. But we can still win without him needing to, right? They have to do what the the Super Bowl Broncos did when they realized that Peyton Manning's shoulder was still somewhere in Indianapolis and wasn't even on his arm. Which is so like that one was so weird to me still to this day because the year before he had that insane year. Do fifty five touchdowns yeah, the year and before, and then it was just over. 
Yeah. Like he had he gave you all the rest of what he had left that year. And then the next year, on one of the worst seasons I've ever seen a quarterback have in one of or the worst Super Bowl performance I've ever seen by a quarterback Very bad. wins the Super Bowl. I would Peyton have was to terrible say, in that Super Bowl. Man, I mean, I would have to say the worst performance by a Super Bowl winning quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. I, that's probably what you were getting at. Well, but. They, that was the, that was what I was intending to yeah. say. But honestly, there was there's there's probably been a fair amount of quarterbacks who have lost the Super Bowl who played much better than Peyton did in that Oh, win. many. Many, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was well, a, that's a crazy piece of history there. The guy on the other side of the field in that game was a quarterback that lost the Super Bowl and played better. But yeah, there's yeah, an excellent point. A lot of good performances on Super Bowl losing quarterbacks. Uh, that being said, I'm still optimistic about Trevor Lawrence's long-term outlook. I think that uh, you know the way that you have success against a young quarterback is by putting pressure on him, right? That what the, the biggest translation for young quarterbacks in the NFL is that they have a trouble reacting to how much faster the NFL game is, right? Um, the Colts had the worst pressure rate in the NFL last year. The whole NFL. They got the least amount of pressure on quarterbacks of anybody in the league. They tried to address this by adding DeForest Buckner. Hasn't changed anything. Um, it looked like as of this recording on Friday, they were going to be without Darius Leonard. Another key piece of pressure on the quarterback they're going to be lacking. Uh, I should take a step back. Shaq Leonard now. Darius Leonard for many years of his NFL career. Now he's suddenly Shaquille Leonard. I mean, if you're able to name yourself after one of the coolest professional athletes of all time in the Shaqtis, you should do so. The Shaqtis? Yeah, that was one of my favorite Shaq nicknames in, in Shaquille O'Neal's career. Along it, with the big Aristotle. Uh, I knew you were a fan of the big Aristotle. If the Shaqtis is a prickly plant, I know they grow inherently in Plano, Texas. <laughs> Plano. Shout outs. Plano, Texas is getting more love than Plano, Texas. I mean, it's a, lot of, it's, it's a lot of hypotheticals. The, uh, we don't really know what is going, what the truth is about Plano, Texas. We don't know what happens there, but we're taking guesses, and I feel like we're getting them mostly right. But yeah, I I, I love the idea of someone being like, you know, I'm just gonna go by Shaquille now. Is and, it like his middle name? I mean, it, know about it could this? be like his his age would be conducive to having a middle name of Shaquille, right? Like, it's, hell yeah. No, I like that there's a few professional athletes named Shaquille now. Like we've got a whole generation of young of young men yeah. that were likely named after Shaq. Likely named after Shaq? I, I don't want to make presumptions. Because before Shaquille O'Neal, you knew so many people named Shaquille. Tons. <laughs> yeah, like just like Kobe. They're probably named after high quality Japanese beef. Ooh. Man. That's a good call. Um regardless, now the Colts are gonna be without their top two receiver. Well, I guess you you could call Paris Campbell their number two receiver, but they'll be without Michael Pittman, who's their clear number one receiver. We now know, and Alec Pierce, probably their clear number three receiver. This is going to be a very one-dimensional offense. I'm not certain that they'll be able to continue being successful with strictly Jonathan Taylor when everyone knows that's all they're going to do. So I like the Jags at home. It, this is also a series where the home team has won seven of the last eight games. And we're getting points, so I think the Jags win, but I'll take the three. Oh, yeah, take the points. I loved it when it was four and a half, but yeah, three. Three it is. Three it is. That's where we're sitting. That's where it is. 
Nice. My, my caramel. Are you ready for the caramel? Sticky. The stickiest of the ickies. Of the sticks. Of the sticks. Uh, brown. The, actually, when we go with the sticky part of this, it's not. This one doesn't feel very sticky. But I still. Uh, it's the final piece of the candy bar, so we're finishing it. Browns minus six and a half. This should have been the chocolate. Clearly. Probably. Like, chocolate is brown. Uh, I mean, I guess caramel's like. Caramel colored. Yeah. <laughs> bronze, I guess. Bronze. Caramel. Yeah, no, this should have been the chocolate. You're probably right about that. But we're here now. The Browns. Minus six and a half. Playing a really bad team. Two word analysis. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Just gonna, I mean, honestly, I think I'm just going to keep betting against Joe Flacco as long as Joe Flacco is starting football games. Like, I think that that's, like, just a good policy going forward in my life. I see Joe Flacco starting a football game. Let me go and take the other side of that action. Especially, like, this should be a full full touchdown. I, I, I went into this expecting it to be seven and a half or so. Like, I can get a one touchdown and extra point lead and win this bet. I think that's enough for the Browns. That's a, that's a good cover for me. Uh, I, I don't have any way of visualizing a game where the Browns have trouble running the ball. No, they're just going to... I mean, I think Nick Chubb should be... Best running back duo in the NFL is going to run, run, run. Widely owned in DFS. Uh, Browns defense, very quality defense. It's a high-pressure generating defense, unlike the Colts. The Jets have an offensive line that is not prone to stopping people from generating pressure, even before they lost Mekhi Becton. This should be a really, really tough game for Joe Flacco. I... Another tough game for Joe Flacco. I mean, a high school game might be tough for Joe Flacco. Plano, Texas, good high school football. But I almost took the Browns as my survivor as well, just because I, I liked the idea of just going into Survivor two weeks in a row and being like, oh, this team's playing against Joe Flacco. So we addressed this, right? Like, this is why I don't care about, like, saving good teams, because things are going to happen along as the year goes on. Teams yep. are going to lose their quarterback. As soon as you get a team with a backup quarterback, like – I mean, there's teams in the NFL that I do not think are good, but I would have absolutely no problem taking the the Lions against the Jets with Joe Flacco. I don't think the Lions are a good football team. I don't think they suck. Yeah. But I don't feel obligated to use them early in the year to save good teams when I could get a team like that later against a backup quarterback. I don't know. We talked about this at depth. But you know the Lions are favored to win this weekend for the first time in, like, 26 games or something like that? No way. It's that. You're telling me that the Lions weren't favored to win a single game last year? I just year? heard this stat. Uh, I just heard this stat, like, last night on my way home in a different podcast. Not one game. It was, like, 24 or 26 games. We're not favored to win a single game last year. Fuck. Yeah. Makes sense with the Lions. I mean, why the Lions shouldn't be favored to win that, that many times. I do know. Well, the Lions are going to be favored to win more games this year. Well, yeah, they're, not- they're a better team this year than they were last year. But that was a really bad team last year. Um, I also know, if you want to add to the tandem of NFL misery we collectively suffer, the Giants are above 500 for the first time since 2016. Whew. At any time. Wasn't that when they went 1-0 last also? No, that was when they made the playoffs. Oh, okay. Lost to Green Bay. Oh, that yeah. Boat trip here. Boat trip, that's right. Oh, no, man. they made, they made the playoffs. That was six years ago already? Yeah. Hot damn, time flies. Yeah, dude, I was 
watching this Oregon BYU game, and I was like, Bo Nix is quarterback at Oregon. I'm like, this fucking guy's been playing college football for like nine years. I'm like, I remember when he was this amazing freshman at Auburn. I'm like, what was this, 2013? Then I actually looked it up. It's only been four years, and somehow we got the people talked about him so much. I feel like it's been forever. Fascinating. But uh, that being said, yeah, at, and I don't know if I phrased that as clear as I should have. This is the first time at any point in any season that the Giants have been above 500 since 2016. They, they were never even 1-0 or 3-2. and yeah. They have not been above 500 at all in six years. That is hilarious. However. Might be 2-0. and The Dabes. The Dabes days are here. The Brian Dayball days. Dayball. Ah. Fighter of the night ball. Ah. I wanted to do the Jets team total under. That was that was an idea that I had just to continue with your Browns play. I wanted to do. I was hoping it was going to be seventeen and a half. It's sixteen and a half, mm. which probably isn't that big of a difference. But like that one point matters on a, that spot. Yeah, and it just seems like a reasonable number. I mean, I still think seventeen points is. <laughs> if I were the Jets, I'd, if I'm well, no. If I were a Jets fan, I'd be happy with seventeen points. I don't know how they get there, but. Nor do I. I'm less confident, less comfortable with 16 and a half. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the, if the Browns could slow down Christian McCaffrey, like you really got to tell me they're going to get shredded by Michael Carter and Brees Hall, I don't know. I, I don't buy it, sir. What's the level of – how are the Jets productive? How do the Jets score points? I have no idea, sir. Well, that's probably why you made that your sticky, yicky, yicky. That is precisely why, because ooh-wee. Uh, that's my final bet. What, you got one more? Right? You have a third? I do. I mean, I guess this is my, I guess this is my nougat, but I feel weird putting my highest level of comfort in something that I don't even understand. That's That analogy doesn't work, right? It doesn't. What do I have so far? I've got chocolate and I've got caramel. Yeah. I mean, can I put like a, like a candy shell yeah, I'm going to make like a caramel M&M. This is going to be my candy show. Ooh, nice. All because right, Because this motherfucker is hard. This, <laughs> Fuck yeah. This is my three-star play. This is my favorite play of the week. Last week it was the Browns. That was an easy win. Uh, this hard, impenetrable, like an M&M is impenetrable, impenetrable candy show. This is also for the record. I'm going to throw this out there. This is going to be the green candy show. You all know what that means. Let the record show. It's been shown. And does that mean it's sassy? Isn't there, like, some weird thing out there that, like, people said that, like, green M&Ms have, like, an aphrodisiac effect? Oh, God, I don't know. I think that's I know the green M&M in the commercials is the chick one. And people got all, like, up in arms the time that they made her overly sexy. See? Like, people were, like, really concerned about the sexy M&M. Well, I think that's probably why. People are afraid their kids were going to go out and start putting away all the green M&Ms for uh, fucking prom. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously a fear that you need to manage just in case. It's a tough world we live in. you got to keep an eye on everything these days, Steve. Fucking everything. Um. <laughs> Sugar shell. Impenetrable. Hard. Strong play of the day. Eagles minus 1.5. This line should be substantially higher because the world we live in when it comes to lines making, when it comes to NFL sports making, is riddled with overreaction, right? Everybody remembers what they saw last week. People have a hard time envisioning the big picture or even, like, what caused these things to happen because so often 
we see Sports Center highlights, we see clips, we see numbers scrolling across the bottom line, we see, whoa, Justin Jefferson went nuts last week, right? We see the Vikings only gave up seven points to Aaron Rodgers. But people forget that, first of all, first play of the game on offense, Aaron Rodgers throws an absolute dime bomb that drops straight through the hands of Christian Watson. That would have been seven more points immediately. That changes the entire dynamic of that game. Big time. Big time. Slap of the bass. People see that the Eagles only beat the Lions by three, right? You see the final score. Yeah. That, That's not that the story tells of that game. so far from the entire story of that game. The Eagles absolutely dominated that game from start until there was 10 minutes left. The Lions point, love to score 14 points in a quarter when they're down 17. At which point it was fine for them to just it's take just the, the most, paddle off the middle. It's the most classic Lions thing to do. Like, that is what we do here in Detroit City as the Cardiac Cats. The Cardiac Cats. I no. like the fact that you made... Oh, Damn it! I was just gonna say that I like the fact you made a hissing noise instead of a meow, and then as soon as I started that sentence, you meowed at me. There's a bit of both, and gave me a weird look. <laughs> for the, I know this is audio only, but I want everyone to know that you gave me a really precarious look. It wasn't nougat face. Not like nougat I knew face. what message you were sending. Nougat face. No one knows what's going on. What message was I sending with this face? Meow. <laughs> That's accurate. I did. As guilty as charged. Um. No, I, I love the the flip. So we stay in the candy department, but I like that you were like, no, I'm not building a Milky Way. Let's just be factual with what my bets are right now. I'm building a green caramel and M&M. Yeah, that's the play. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, I know Justin Jefferson, a beast. I know he's going to be a matchup problem for a lot of teams in the NFL all year long. I think a tandem of Darius Slay and James Bradbury is one that can at least slow him down, right? Like it's like the old... You can't stop him. You can only help to hope to contain him kind of thing. Where did that come from? I don't know, man. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. I know not, sir. Is that like a Chris Berman? I don't know. We got to check. We got to figure this out. If any of you listeners, uh, if you have any of you listeners know where that came from, give us a shout out on the social media. Is at D2B2Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Also within Recipe for Nougat. If you know what it is, without looking at it. Yeah, up. no Googling on that Honor one. system. We're honor, system honor system, yeah. We're going to trust you. But if you happen to know what nougat is, holla. This is going to be a very rowdy road environment for the Vikings to go to Philly and play their home opener on Monday Night Football. The Eagles are drastically better on both the offensive line and the defensive line. And... I get to bet against Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, and I only have to lay one and a half points? This candy shell is strong. You can drop this off of a, you can drop this off of a one-story building, and it won't break. Two stories might, I don't know, I'm not, I mean, it's a tough, tough it's call. It's a tough shell at that point. A one-story, a one what's a one-story building? It's just like a, a it's like a ranch, a ranch house. house? Yeah. Uh, a McDonald's. How often just hear someone refer to a one-story building? Not often, sir. Not often. It's downtown, downtown Plano, Texas, riddled with one-story buildings. Bunch of one-story buildings in downtown it's just like Plano, Texas. Seven like Elevens and Wawas everywhere. <laughs> Man, I, did, I didn't see Plano, Texas, ever <laughs> featuring on a podcast once, let alone <laughs> six times in one episode. Um. 
Nice. We uh, That covers the three bets. We've both formed our delicious pieces of candy. Friday. Three of the Friday five. Three of the Friday five have been banged out in candy metaphors. Banged out. Banged it out. Uh, the next part is our prop bet. And uh, since I've been going first, I might as well stick to that. I, uh, you no, know, full transparency for the audience. Oh. I had forgotten to make a prop bet for, for our recording time on Friday. So I kind of just like on the fly picked one while we were recording. And my dumbass just didn't really read the print of what I was betting very well. I saw Lamar Jackson to score two touchdowns plus 625. I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds easy. I so g- I clicked it. And then Nick explained to me that that's rushing touchdowns. There's a couple different things going on right now. So First that of all, happened Friday. Just as I like, just uh, I like to be transparent about my goof ups with I, all of you, our listeners. I admire your level of honesty that you could have gotten away scot free with have. this and nobody would have known. This got corrupted. You're, you're bringing it in. No anyway. one had to know. But I wanted the people to be aware of my shenanigans again. I simultaneously, I can't believe that you would have thought that you could get plus 625 odds on any NFL quarterback throwing two touchdowns. Dude, I mean, we were like mid-recording. <laughs> I was trying to just like pick something out really quick. For sure. We were, I was very focused on the recording, and it just seemed, it seemed too good to be true because it was too good to be true. So, what I've replaced it with... Although I did make that bet for the record, just because I uh, for the oh, shits and the giggles, fuck. I did it. I I, ha- I have three dollars riding on that bad boy, because I, I that's my big baller bet, three bucks. That's when I'm getting real frisky. But uh, I actually made a little two leg parlay for my player prop. So it's, it's same player, both parts. Does it involve Baker Mayfield this no, week? No, no, no. That went poorly last week. I'm going with a much more tried and true. Much more legendary, consistent quarterback. Matt Ryan. One of the best in the game. Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. Uh, Over one and a half touchdowns. And yes, this time I checked to make sure I picked uh, passing touchdowns. Mm. I did. I uh, confirmed that. Uh, Over 1.5 passing touchdowns and over 237.5 yards total. And I literally didn't write down what money I'm getting on it because I'm a fool. So what was the what was the yardage? Two thirty seven and a half. Which I like him to do. I think that <laughs> I like I think Tampa Bay wins this game, so I think he's gonna have to throw the ball a lot. And based on him having to throw the ball a lot, that uh it just feels like he'll get there. It just feels that way. Just I'm I I'm a gut guy. This is something that we're I'm, I'm a GG, a G2. <laughs> I'm a gut guy, man. I just uh I I look at things. I analyze through the prism of this big old gut of mine. I got big guts and I cannot lie. This is almost the exact same thing that you played in in week 1. Week 1 you did Baker Yeah, but I chose a better quarterback this time. It's valid. Yeah, both Former number one quarter, number one picks in the NFL yeah. draft, by the way, yeah. Baker and Winston, yeah. uh, and both on a different team than drafted them, which is Fuck. always a good sign at quarterback. What what was the yardage one more time? I didn't. I'm sorry. Two thirty seven point five. No, man, I'm a, I'm riding with my gut. I'm gonna get marginally better at quarterback each week with this bet. That's just I'm just gonna like. Keep slowly climbing up the scale. You're gonna only be genuine. number one picks until there's none left. Yeah, we're gonna, some, we're gonna have something involving Mariota next week. Teaser Oof. week three. Mariota's probably gonna be in my DFS uh, lineup. By the way, I 
I cannot find a way to play Mariota. I can't do it. I'm not. Well, a- listen, I want you to hold me to this. You can hold me accountable, but Marcus Mariota is probably going to be in my week three DFS lineup. Dude, big balls over here. Nick's playing with his B2 of the day. Big balls. MM also. Marcus Mariota, my, my green M&M of week three. <laughs> an M2. We've got a C2, an M2, a D2, a B2. What's, what are you getting on this? It's got to be like plus two, 230 or something. Oh, pretty close. Plus 212. All right. Re- pretty close guess there. Uh, yeah, both were plus money, like barely plus money on each of those two spots. But yeah, um, I like it. Simple enough. Just a little bit of J- Jameis in my life. I think in a loss but relatively close game to the Buccaneers, Jameis has a good offensive day. A little good. bit of Jameis. little bit of Jameis. Both those numbers are just really attainable. One and a, over one and a half and over two thirty-seven and a half. Like those aren't very high benchmarks to clear. No, I like that too. Um, mine is kind of along the same, same, <laughs> same angle. Mine's a former number two pick. Also a quarterback. I'm not playing the touchdown game, but I'm going to play the yardage game. And I don't understand why this number is so low, but I'm getting Carson Wentz over 241.5 passing yards against the Lions in a game that I think is going to feature a lot of points. That's a really low number. 241. Like, I know Carson Wentz sucks at football, but that's a really low number. I mean, dude threw for 313 last week. Yeah. I think that the Lions are going to put up points. I think that the commies are going to have to put up points. I don't necessarily know that they're going to feature a running game. I I know they have Antonio Gibson. I know they used him for the first time correctly last week, like ever. In the two years they've had him, somehow they just figured out that he's a good running back and they don't need to not use him. They can actually feature him. But, I I mean, I think that they – the commies have a quality receiving core, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing bad to say about Terry McLaurin. I think rookie Jahan Dotson is going to be a quality NFL player. Curtis Samuel, who I was all over in best ball lineups last year, who did absolutely nothing and was injured most of the season, had a big week one. I don't see it. I don't see the commies having a hard time passing against the Lions, and I think they're going to have to. I think 240 yards is a very, very doable thing. Dig it, man. Dig it indeed. I dig your groovy bets, man. Super groovy. Super groovy. And on that note, that pretty much brings us up to date on what we missed uh, and what uh, got corrupted and disappeared on us. Uh, stay tuned immediately. We're going to attach the part two to this recording right here, right now. So just uh, keep listening and stay tuned immediately. Yeah, just like just keep letting it play. Nothing. You don't even got to do nothing. Don't get up from those seats. Remember yeah. people used to say that? Yeah, don't get up from that seat. Don't change. Don't touch that dial. Don't go anywhere. That's a very demanding way to like. Very demanding. Somebody. We should start doing that from now on. Don't you touch that dial. Hit the damn subscribe button. <laughs> you motherfuckers should like this. Don't get out of that seat. We're coming right back. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> insert part two. Cribbit. I'm just going to keep going, Dees, and I'm going to lead off. I'm going to do my parlay first. I feel like I'm kind of. I'm in the groove. I'm feeling good about what's going on. My notes are starting to make sense. They're going from gibberish to something that actually has some kind of meaning. Less That's hieroglyphic. Fine, That's fine, because yeah, our recording, the part two that we did save, picks up like halfway into your parlay anyway. Perfect. So it's perfect. Well, it's kind of like you can loop in 
uh, loop in what you want to, and then we'll just kind of have some double up. It'll no, be all good. That's uh, fantastic. Baby, baby. This, this gibberish is really starting to come together. It, it used to look like some many generations ago language that is now extinct that you would have found on cave dwellings somewhere just barely outside of Plano, Texas. But now I understand what I got going on here. Uh, my parlay, it's a uh, four-team parlay, but it only involves two games, right? And it, it actually involves one of your plays, your chocolate shell play, if I recall. Nice. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. That was your Jags over. Yeah, chocolate shell was the Jags over. Apologies. It does incorporate my Carson Wentz prop. It's going to be the Lions money line. God help me. Uh, Lions money line and over 48 and a half points in that game, as well as the Bengals money line and under 42 points in that game nice dude dig it and uh you'll elaborate more on the part two we have recorded see ya i think we've kind of covered the lions commies game enough yeah i don't really feel obligated to dive into why i think the lions are going to win and why there's going to be over 48 points scored the bengals game i don't know that we have to talk about this too much either but um i feel pretty damn confident that the uh, <laughs> Bengals aren't going to go 0-2 playing their second game against the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys. I I mean, quite frankly, th- it sounds crazy to say this. The Bengals dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. They lost because Joe Burrow threw four touchdowns. Four interceptions. Yeah. That makes substantially more sense yeah. than losing a game when someone throws four touchdowns. Yeah, I got your back, homie. It's fine. Good looks. Good looks. Anytime. I wasn't even like fumbling around. Like I wasn't looking oh, yeah. at my notes. You were literally just like directly just, like, talking to you, staring right at you. in the sentence, just looking at me in the zone. Yep. No dice. Uh, the Bengals substantially outgained the Steelers in this football game. A lot of costly turnovers, a lot of mistakes. I know that the Cowboys' defense is prone to taking advantage of teams that make mistakes, but I don't see. I, I don't see Joe Burrow doing this two games in a row. I think he's too talented of a guy to do this. I, mean, I agree he, with you. You know, Super Bowl losers historically have a terrible week one. And not only that, less, not only that he missed a good amount of offseason. Like, he was he was rehabbing through a lot of the offseason to get ready to play in time. So he got lim- limited preseason reps, limited offseason work. Like, he's playing in a shape right now. T. Higgins got knocked out of the game. He got a concussion in the second quarter. So I'm very confident the Bengals win the game. They're minus 315, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the game script is that takes this game over 42 points. I mean, I could see Dallas putting up some garbage points at the end of the game, but, I mean, if this plays out the way that I anticipate it does, since he goes up relatively early, maybe they're sitting 17-3 at halftime, 21-3 at halftime, and then it's just a slow, methodical plot around for the second half, and not a whole lot happens. Joe, Matt, Joe Mixon just rushing the ball a lot. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott yeah. getting his four yards and falling down, looking for a candy sandwich. And then Tony Pollard looking decent in the fourth quarter. Lions over 48.5 slash Bengals money line, minus 315 in under 42. Comes out to a plus 764 payout. Groovy, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. <laughs> Any time there, Basil. <laughs> uh, I have a three-legger. That comes out to plus 783. And I call this, I like to make really long titles of things. Mm. I'm not good at making short, I, I can make short names if I have to. But this is a long titled parlay. The bad teams are still bad parlay. Nice. 
this is three money lines of teams that are against three teams that are favored for some dumb reason. This is a three dog. A th- three dog money, three, three dogs dog on the money line parlay. Why don't you just call it the three dog parlay? That sounds oh, that's so way sweet. Better. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, because I wanted to hammer because it's not really about the dogs. It's about the fact the teams they're playing that are favorites. Shitty favorites. Yeah. It's, all right. This is the shitty favorites parlay. Against the shitty favorites parlay? Ah, just throw them at me, dude. I'm, I'm too worked up. Too I'm many excited. titles. Too many titles. Uh, Panthers plus 110. Ah, oh, the giant. God damn it. Uh, commies plus 105 and Steelers plus 105 because for some reason the Patriots are favored in that game and I think the Patriots are way worse than the Steelers I I talked myself out of betting the Steelers um, it was really only after I, I watched a lot of the Bengal Steelers game and I recognized how much the Steelers were outgained and that I think four interceptions just swung that game but the, the Patriots offense is it's questionable, Ugly. man. It really is questionable, and apparently Mac Jones has some uh, back spasm issue, which, I mean, you can you can get some meds, but it, it's not going to go away. No, and it can flare up like at any time during yep. a football game. I was thinking under forty might be a play in that game, but I couldn't get myself there either. Uh, that, I might change actually, my mind. That under forty was actually one of the plays I flirted with for my three for my three bets. That was one of the ones that was I was eyeballing pretty heavily. But I decided once I w- decided I wanted to make my uh, three dog parlay. That is a better name. Just doesn't communicate well the point of why I picked it. That's all. But the three dog parlay. Yeah, Panthers one ten. Because uh, yeah, it's, I why are the G men favored here? Good. It's a good question. Who knows? Baker uh, Mayfield. The commies plus one hundred five. Why are the Lions favored? Really hard to ever assume why the Lions would be favored. Carson Wentz. Yeah, but they have Jared Goff. I know. I'm just the back-to-back draft picks, by the way. I know. Yeah, that back-to-back part's interesting. Draft. Neither one with their yeah. original team. Yeah. Before they even finished their first contract. Yeah. Uh, second week in a row, we've had back-to-back draft picks play against each other at quarterback. Uh, we had Jameis versus Marcus Mariota last week. Ooh. Yeah. Pretty interesting how that started out in the season across both both years of I the didn't... top two picks going against each other. That underwhelmed both picks. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, well, because neither of them's with none of them are with their original teams anymore. None of these four, in fact. Well, that part's even more impressive. Indeed, just goes to show a couple bad years of quarterback picks in a row there. But I digress. Yeah, and the Steelers plus one hundred five. So that's a plus seven eighty three total for those three dogs. Plus seven eighty three. All right, you're coming up. Wow, I can't believe that we panned out a, a plus 764 and a plus 783 on accident. Indeed. With different amounts of bets in total. You had four in yours, I had three in mine. It's DFS time. DFS. We need a DFS. Can we get like a some kind of DFS jingle? Yeah, we can jingle. get a sound effect of some sort. Uh, I'll insert something right here. Mm. It's actually just going to be Nick saying, mm, but really prolonged. Still works. Still works. Just, mmm. No, I'll come up with something fancy. It also sounds like a Snickers thing. Yes. We stay satisfied out here really on the DFS. Satisfied. Yeah, Snickers, holler, man. We've been talking about you all day. We'll hype you up every week. We'll have the Snickers official DFS segment. But you have to also officially let us know what nougat is. <laughs> That's true. We, we want, you know what? If you tell us and it is some sort of top secret thing, we won't even tell other people. There's going to be a time when we have like a business manager 
and we're going to be having a conversation where this guy's like, you're telling me that you were offered money by Snickers and you turned it down because you wanted a recipe to make nougat? And that we'll be like, correct. yeah, fuck yeah, man. You don't know what it is either. Yeah. Yeah, right. Do you know what fucking you tell nougat me is? what it is. Yeah. And then that manager's going to look at us very like Pikachu wow face. And quit. And quit. Yeah. yeah. But that's fine. That manager wasn't <laughs> cut out for us. Not, not our slice of bread. No, that's right. That's right. Or our cup of tea. Definitely not our cup of tea. He was downright another D2, a dirty dog. All right. Before we get into our DFS, is there something you want to flip across the room to see who's going to start us off, or do you just want to go inverse and have you go first? We can just go inverse, because I, I, I didn't really like having to retrieve the thing last time. All right. That involves standing up, which I really hate doing if I don't have to. <laughs> this is a man that works on his feet all day long, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I don't want Never. to have to stand up in bonus time. <laughs> bonus time? Yeah, that's, that's me time. <laughs> like, I bartend like 45 hours a week. I don't want to stand up any additional time. Bonus. Bonus. Oh, all right. DFS. I started with Matthew Stafford, 6,300. DFS, DraftKings, Millie Maker. Millie, Millie. Playing to win it all. Playing for the big bucks. Uh, Matt Stafford, 6,300 bucks at home. This feels like a good little uh, return to form, bounce back from uh, from the week one mediocrity. Uh, pretty bad team they're playing against. Got... I think they're going to score a lot. I think it's going to be an easy W for the Rams. And uh, I think Stafford's going to play really fucking well and get a lot of fantasy points. A couple extra days to prepare. Yeah. Going to be pretty tight. I think that's a key factor as well. Um, Atlanta? That's... <laughs> I don't want to say that Atlanta's offense might surprise some people, but I, I am curious what the reaction is to the Falcons-Saints game. Is Is the Falcons' offense actually doable? I mean, is this something that's going to be able to move the ball against a lot of people or is the Saints defense just not what we think it's going to be or is it neither was it just one game I don't know I lean towards the third part there I uh, I feel like that so much of week one just needs to be tossed out the window by week four it well like not everything like there's certainly lessons that stand true from week one but I feel like a fair amount of the things that people want to take away from week one are a lot more happenstance, especially in this being only the second year in which the preseason has been shortened by a week. I do think that matters. I do think there's vets that are used that are uh, vets, organizations, coaching staffs, people that are used to that fourth preseason game that it goes down to three and week one of the NFL kind of becomes that fourth preseason week. Well, I mean, it, we don't need to, we don't need to go back in time too far to. Discuss the fact that I based my three-star bet off of overreactions. Yeah, true story. True as toast. Uh, so you had highlighted a little bit earlier your preference for the Colts-Jags over. I told you more to come on that. My quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Trevor Lawrence, $5,300. This team's going to throw the ball. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to have success against the Colts team that can't generate any pressure. I talked about that as well when I was discussing how the Kami-Jags game ended last week. I think when you put a terrible pass rush against a young quarterback, give him a little bit more time to make some decisions, to make some second reads, I think that he, Christian Kirk, maybe Etienne out of the backfield, are going to have the ability to move the ball, should put up some yards and some points. Price tag, very friendly, $5,300. That is a very friendly price tag for a quarterback who I agree will indeed be throwing the ball around quite a bit. 
and overall has like moderate to decent weapons to throw to. Like I don't, I don't think of the Jags crew of weapons as outstanding by any stretch, but I think there's a plethora of decent options to throw to. Yeah, they're like all outcasts. They are all kind of outcasts for right? sure. Zay yeah. Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. I think these are these are all previous first round draft picks from other times. Sorry. Yeah, I just, he, I just like singing the song a lot. I was just gonna keep talking over you so that no one heard whatever you were doing. Yeah, that's that's nice of you. <laughs> it's probably it didn't make sense. It, it, it didn't. I agree. <laughs> I got lost in the sauce for a moment. <laughs> Regardless, a bunch of first round draft pick rejects. I think Zay Jones is first round draft pick, right? Didn't I? Don't recall, sir. Confirm this. You hit me with a running back in the meantime. All right, Nick's going to confirm that while I throw one of Nick's favorite running backs at him, mm. Saquon Barkley. I have, I was of the camp that was a little hesitant to get too involved in the Saquon game before the season started because, well, it's been a couple years of questionable quality coming from a Q2 right there. Questionable quality. Jeez, there's, nice. there's not a, Q, a lot of Q2. Yeah, you don't get a lot of Q2s, but I'm pretty happy I got to throw one in the cut. Um, yeah, Saquon with, uh, just looked outstanding last week. Like, he looked fresh. He looks like he's got bursts. He looks Breakaway like speed got, was what yeah. really, really jumped off the table at me. Saquon looks, once again, like an elite-tier running back, and that was exciting to see. And I want to get up in that game while it's still only 7,300, because if he has another week or two like that first week, he's going to join the 9,000 club in a hurry. Yeah, my first running back is also Saquon and Barkley. This can't, there's no way this is surprising to you. But, yeah, for all the reasons that we just talked about, uh, home opener for the Giants where, believe it or not, the Giants are terrible at, at home. But uh, we saw the Browns have no problem moving the ball. We saw Kareem Hunt have success receiving the ball out of the backfield. Saquon has no competition for carries, no competition for receptions out of the backfield. He is the every down back on a team that is going to use him. And seven hundred three hundred is just the price tag that, like you said, you have to take advantage of while it's there. Because until he gets hurt, it's not going down. Right. Yeah, it's only going up. And like I'm pretty confident by week four he's in the nine thousand club. I'm like surprised. Jonathan Taylor's over nine grand already after week one. CJ's at eighty nine, about to burst over nine next week. Saquon another two weeks from now will join them in that club, along with like one other guy. Who is that other guy? Running back quest? Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake. Hard to say. <laughs> I wondered if you had somebody in mind. I didn't really have anyone in particular. I was just kind of like prognosticating that in general, I feel like the running back price are only going to go up in, in terms of like the top six to ten. The way they're priced right now feels too friendly compared to what I think it will be in another few weeks. I very much agree. So, yeah, keep buying in on these uh, top tier to second tier running backs while the price tag is still really friendly right now. It feels like, it feels like the side of the spectrum I want to be at. RB2, come at me. RB2, Jamal Williams, 5,400. Hmm. Um, I, I think last week in that Lions game showed that both these running backs are going to get work. Obviously, Swift is going to get the lion's share, pun very oh. intended, had to do it, of carries. But he's questionable going into this week. I th- from everything I've read, it seems likely that he will play. But if he's not at 100%, that means a little more wiggle room for Williams. and He says he's going to play. Yeah. But I don't know how much, well, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize Swift as this season progresses because he is a 
pretty electric player that they don't seem to like to play inside the 10-yard line. No. Uh, Williams gets the red zone carries by a mile. Uh, so I think Williams gets a touchdown, gets a handful of carries, gets a handful of receptions even, and uh, has himself a nice rock-solid day for 5,400. Uh, wouldn't even be surprised to see him get two touchdowns again. It's a little bit of a red zone vulture, that guy. And he's pretty he's pretty good. He's, those legs churn. He's, he's a good goal line back, man. That dude can score. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like it. Jamal. Or Hamal, depending on where you are in the world. Oh, if, you like the, if you like a soft J. It's the Swedish pronunciation. Well, that would be Yamal. Mm. Well, my second running back is Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, back-to-back weeks, I found a way to squeeze Barkley and Taylor into the lineup. I, 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 it's going to be tough to continue doing this as time goes on. But I did work the 9900 price tag into the lineup. I had everything that plays into this. We covered earlier, right? I talked about what I think about Matt Ryan's ability to throw the ball. And the Colts have shown that even if they're losing, they're going to hinge this offense on Jonathan Taylor, who should have some ability to run the ball against Jacksonville. 9,900. I think I weaseled the top two running backs from last week into my lineup. No way to expect a repeat performance, but when it's those two guys, I'm more confident than some guy that just happened to have a good day. Yeah, for sure, my friend. Nice. You've all heard plenty of good talk about Jonathan Taylor. We don't have to elaborate too At all. too much in detail about why that dude's a badass. It's just a matter of how you get him in your lineup. That's yeah. it. Yeah, uh, one way I didn't I didn't get him in my lineup, but my my first wide receiver here would have helped me do so if I wanted to go that direction, because I got a nice cheap wide receiver here at thirty six hundred. Got any guesses who I got at thirty six hundred? I want to I want to see if you can guess without looking. Without, yeah, without looking, I want to see if you can guess a range. Ooh, I'll my. even give you a conference AFC play, AFC wide receiver thirty six hundred. Nick Savvy, I want to see if he's got any. Devin Duvernay. Ooh, good guess, but no, I actually I took I I took Duvernay out when I put Mark Andrews in. Oh, a little spoiler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Mark Andrews later, folks. But uh, AFC wide receiver. I want to get one more guess. Do you, will you give me one more um, guess? Yeah, I'll even tell you you got the right div- you got the right division with that Duvernay guess. Okay. Ooh, thirty six hundred, huh? Thirty six hundred. I don't know. I can't get there. That's okay. George Pickens. Ooh. 3,600 for George Pickens. So it's a little bit of a lottery ball. It's kind of one of those, like, we'll see if the if the Rook gets involved this early in the season. Uh, but the Steelers do kind of have a historical knack for drafting wide receiver as well. I've been kind of keeping my eye on this gentleman. I drafted him in one of my leagues, and I'm going to stash him for a little while and hope that he becomes a thing. But I think there's a ton of potential for George Pickens to become a serious part of this offense. And uh, throwing a little cheap lottery ball like this in DFS, I think, is not only helpful, but outright necessary to really build a team that can compete. No, it is. And I, I like that wild card that you threw out there. I'm kind of surprised I didn't get there. Maybe just not sharp. I've only had two cups of coffee this morning. Yeah, I need I more mean, probiotics. He needs more probiotics, folks. Got to get that gut health in order. Um, I do like, well, I like the upside there, and I think you're going to look at incredibly low ownership, right? That should yeah. be a dart throw that's not going to be common across the board, which is necessary if you want to win the whole thing, right? Agreed. Uh, Dubs, Romeo Dubs was the common cheap receiver on uh, high payout teams last week, including the winning team. Nice. That makes sense. 
I'm going to complete my Jag stack with my boy Christian Kirk. I played him last week. I'm playing him again. Everything about what I said last week and about Trevor Lawrence fix. This is just how I set up my stack and my bring back with the Jags, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk. Bring back Jonathan Taylor. If we get a high-scoring game in that uh, affair, like you were hoping with your over bet, this should be the way that you want to assemble a lineup with that combo and the Jonathan Taylor bring back. 5,700, I still think too cheap for Christian Kirk. Yeah, I also agree. Uh, that is indeed a, still a very cheap price tag for him. I think that he's got all the potential to show out for a couple games and accelerate his price tag well past that point. So get in while the cheap price tag sits. Dig it, good buddy. My next wide receiver, Mr. Jerry Judy. Going out to that Broncos game. Uh, Cortland Sutton is about seven or 800 more than Judy. I almost went Judy, too. And uh, I think they're both of, like, a similar upside. And uh, I wouldn't – I I feel like Jerry Judy's more the kind of guy that Russell Wilson's going to sling the ball to more. Like, I, I have I have Jerry Judy higher than Sutton on my board this year. I would presume that Judy will end up being the deep threat. He's going to be the, the, the Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Cortland Sutton will be more of the physical DJ Metcalf type sure. role. Sure. Right? So, I mean, uh, it's DK Metcalf, sir? Mm, is that not what I say? You said DJ. Did I really? Yeah, it was really weird. For the record, you said CJ earlier talking about Christian McCaffrey, but unlike you, I let it slide. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're a better friend than me. <laughs> That's been well documented. <laughs> um, DK. Metcalf, Donkey Kong Metcalf, Dra- King, right. DraftKings Metcalf. That's right. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you. I like I like Judy above above Sutton as well, short term and long term. Quite frankly, but ooh, yeah, Judy, 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 Judy. We'll see how this rides. Well done. Thanks. Who you got next? Uh, much the way that we saw Christian Kirk burn the commies. Last week, I'm going to go with the number one Lions receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. Coming in at a also relatively friendly price tag at 6500 I'm on the over in that game. Second highest total on the board, 48.5 points. I don't really feel like I have to say too much that I haven't said already. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Give me the number one receiver against a Washington defense that is prone to giving up big days to other teams' number one receivers. I would love to see Amon Ross St. Brown have a huge day. I uh, don't have any stock in him here. I do have him in a fantasy lineup, and I love him as a, as a young player, and I love him as an impartial uh, slash insanely partial Lions fan. <laughs> impartial slash insanely partial. Yeah, yeah. The first part was a lie. The second part was the truth. I get it. Yeah. That's how that goes sometimes. Yeah, so that's not slash. That's just flat-out dishonesty followed by honesty. Yeah, like, all right, actually, I'll keep it real, guys. That works. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm in. Ra, St. Brown. I'm, I've am i got uh, Curtis Samuel at 4,600 next. <laughs> Him and he and Robbie Anderson were two dudes that I was just blasting in so many best ball lineups last year that were horrible. That did absolutely nothing. Both came out of the gate with 100-yard performances in week one this year. It's like the notorious Nick was a year early thing. Nick loves to be a year early on things, folks. That's a thing you'll learn about him. So actually, uh, any of you that feel feel free to archive these moments throughout this year 
and just build a fantasy draft next year based on guys Nick really liked this year, yeah, well, and you'll you, probably win some money. If you hear some wild prognostication about a Super Bowl winner or a, uh, a CFP, college football championship winner, and it goes wrong, just do it next year. Just double back to it. Nice. That was a DB instead of a D2 or a B2. <laughs> I know. Do you have anything to say about Curtis Samuel? I completely cut you off. <laughs> I mean, he's playing against the Giants. Uh, I, no, I th- he's playing against the Lions. Shit. God, I did the thing again. I, remember, <laughs> I That's literally what I meant to say. I was mixing up our bad football teams. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, no, like Nick has mentioned, this appears like it will be a very high-scoring game. Um, I think that Samuel looks really good as a number two complement to McLaurin. I think the two of them are going to have a pretty successful season as a tandem in spite of the fact that they have Carson Wentz throwing them the ball, which is honestly just so impressive. When you watch a receiver overcome mediocrity at their quarterback position, like that's when you know that receiver's got some talent. And I think Samuel will overcome the mediocrity of his quarterback and have a good day. Game on. I'm going to round out my wide receiving core with a, this is the the cheapest option I have, a $4,400 Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is the Cleveland Browns target hog. 11 targets last year. Last year. Last game, 11 targets. Uh, Came up with six catches, 60 yards. The concern here, I guess, is that this game just gets slow and boring because they're beating up on the Jets and stuffing the ball down their throat on the ground. That's where Donovan Peoples-Jones goes sour. Yeah, when it's just like a Chubb and Hunt day. Exactly, yeah. The upside would be that the Jets probably put Sauce Gardner on Amari Cooper and take him out of the game, which makes Donovan Peoples-Jones the the preferred target, which it seems to already be anyway. But that's the the positive outlook. Negative outlook is that the game script just takes him out of the game. But $4,400, you're not going to get anybody else that cheap that got 11 targets last week, right? Correct, Mundo, sir. Against a god-awful football team. Yeah, that all lines up. Dig it, man. I, uh, I, I've always liked DPJ. Uh, I don't really care for the brownies. I'm just trying to get but, as many uh, hyphenated guys as possible. <laughs> Team hyphenation, no breathing, don't give a if I cut my arm breathing. Man, second last resort reference of my day. This song's been stuck in my head since the first one. Sorry, everybody. This Except for Papa Roach fans. You're I'm, welcome to Papa Roach I fans. was just going to say that I am almost willing to promise that there will never be two Papa Roach references in the same podcast ever again. Yeah, I hope not. I, I, I hope we say more topical than Papa Roach. There might not be two Papa Roach references in a podcast that's about turn-of-the-century music, let alone a podcast about football gambling. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe you're correct, sir. And again, I, I would hope. I would hope we've moved past our Papa Roach references as a society, largely. But uh, you, somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I have not. Well, on that note, let's move on. Let's move on from it here and give me a tight end. Uh, actually, before I do that, I'll give you the story oh. of the worst concert I ever attended. Because while well, we're just briefly on the note of Papa Roach, okay. I once saw Papa Roach, Hinder, and Buck Cherry. Whoa! Yeah, really bad, just start to finish. So it was uh, Buck Cherry opened the night, and that was really bad. It was a good friend of mine's birthday, and it was she wanted to go see this concert, and. I, you know, like drinking a lot. So I said, sure, as long as I don't have to drive, I'll join the crew and I'll Perfect. go get really drunk at DTE at the time. Now Pine Knob again. And, uh, yeah, so Buck Cherry was terrible. 
Papa Roach was next. They weren't as terrible, but really rough still. And then Hinder closed the show, which I found confusing at the time, but they had that big-ass hit Lips of an Angel at the time, that yeah. whole, like, that glorified cheating song. You know what's really weird? People hate people that cheat in relationships, but people love listening to romantic songs by cheaters about the person they're cheating with. Well, people also love listening to songs that are about bashing people that cheat as well. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, so the society's mixed bag of feelings about cheating is very confusing to me. Well, in like, the musical songs world. like "Lips of an Angel" are like massive hits, and like "Picture" by Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow, which is another cheating song, massive hits because people just like to sing along to sappy and easy melodies. But then you also get songs about like beating up cheaters and stuff like that, and getting vengeance on the cheaters. Yeah, demolishing their massive hits, trashing their car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stealing their credit cards and buying a bunch of stuff kicking them out of the house. There's a wide variety of things we do to cheaters in songs, including adore them at times, like Lips of the Angel. This this concert that you've highlighted, uh, Hinder, Buck Cherry, and Papa Roach. Yeah, it was the worst. This sounds like, you know how there's sometimes like a popular movie or movie series, like there's like the American Pie movie series, and there's like Van Wilder, and then they make like back alley weird other like low budget renditions of it, like, yeah, yeah, like, like American Pie, like Naked Mile or whatever that was. Yeah, or there's like The Rise of Taj. Oh, that wasn't actually that bad. There's other like I think there's another Van Wilder. There like, is the, another the, one I think after the freshman Taj. Years, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This sounds like the soundtrack to one of those. Yeah, like the shitty second or third edition of like a once popular movie or movie series that had a good soundtrack. Yep, and yeah. then the other ones end up with. Buck Cherry and Hinder on their soundtrack. Yeah, you've pretty correctly identified it, man. That's pretty spot on, in fact. But yeah, that's that terrible concert ended with Hinder playing a 25-minute rendition of Lips of an Angel. Holy... In which they said... Which, with, like, there was no extra guitar solos or anything. It was literally just them trying to get the... Just, like, the crowd singing the chorus, like, a million goddamn times. This legitimately lasted 25 minutes. I don't know if it was literally 25 minutes, but it was really long. Cut it in half, and it's insane. Yeah. Call it 12 minutes, and it's yeah. insane. No, that's probably closer to accurate, but in my head, it felt like an hour. Like, it was just the worst. I went to the bathroom and came back, and it was still happening. It was really weird, which if you've ever been to like a huge amphitheater like that, going to the bathroom and coming back to your spot on a hill is like a 15 minute journey. Typically, this sounds to me like you were just pretty fucked up and don't like the song and they just played the song one time. No, but, but the you fact think that it was, I was like able to 20... go to the bathroom and come back and the same song was still on. That's a long journey. We were like on the middle of the hill. It's <laughs> a long journey. Yeah, man. That's like a 10 minute bathroom journey minimum. But uh, they did encore with Go Home and Get Stoned which is a song they have, which is a bad song still, but I at least appreciated the sentiment where I was like, I do want to go home and get stoned. Thank uh. you, Hinder. So yeah, that's uh, that's my bad concert story for no reason. No real payoff or punchline. Just wanted the world to know that I attended that <laughs> terrible concert once. <laughs> this does not tie in in any manner to where <laughs> we're going from now on. Yeah, just, uh, just a side note about me for the audience to get to know me a little bit better now. <laughs> You had the opportunity to portray yourself in a, any manner that you chose, and you wanted to share that you once attended a Papa Roach Buck Cherry Hinder concert. Well, it was the worst concert I've ever been to, and that that paints a type of picture about me. <laughs> uh, paint a picture about your tight end. Ooh, I'll paint a picture about my tight end. Mm-hmm. He's a tight end I've loved for years. Uh, he didn't have a great week one, but I still think he's going to have a great season overall. It's Mark Andrews at 6,400. 
I teased this earlier, as we mentioned. But I still think that Kelsey is his own tier of tight end, and then Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews are the tier two. Uh, in spite of Pitts and Andrews having a bad week one, I still believe in both of them to have monster seasons. And when I was I was literally looking at like all of the other tight ends available in Sunday's action, and I I literally said to Nick outside, this whole list is gross. It is. It's really really shit. Like the whole list sucks. So I was like, all right, I'll pony up. Sixty four hundred isn't that expensive to me for one of the a few elite tight ends in my mind, especially when you're able to do things like George Pickens for thirty six hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, my defense is very inexpensive. Curtis Samuel was only 4600 So I was able to find some savings that helped me feel pretty good about spending a bit more on a good tight end. Do you do you have a banger of a flex play? I do have a banger of a flex okay, play. I was, be- you were doing the math in my lineup, and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, where's all this money, money go? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do have a – I've got one of the most expensive players at my flex. Um, the only tight end that I could find that was relatively reasonably priced was Zach Ertz at 4,500. I mean, again, this kind of fits into the fact that I see a lot of points being scored in this game. It's the second highest, no, I'm sorry. It's the highest total on the board behind the commies lions game, Arizona. I mean, hopefully this is just not, it's not just a terrible offense, which I don't think it's going to be, but I presume that Zach Ertz should get plenty of targets. Uh, second most targeted tight end in the NFL last year, believe it or not. Going against a Raiders defense that uh, should be a little bit susceptible up the middle. I think 4,500, that's the only guy that I could find that I was comfortable putting into my lineup at a low budget. Yep. Ertz was actually the one low-budget bu- low tight end I was eyeballing, and I was like, no, I'll spend the extra money for Andrews. Yeah, I like the Ertz play. I th- I th- again, amongst the gross tier of tight ends, I think he's the best of them. And... Uh, my big expensive flex play, I got Devontae Adams at 8600 mm. Okay, well, there it is. We, we, we talked about the offense in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree with Big Nick completely that this is going to be a high, potent offense game. He looked incredible with Derek Carr in week God. one. I think he's <laughs> we're in for another monster Devontae Adams season, folks. I uh, You know, I, I didn't touch Devontae Adams in anything daily last week because I just kind of wanted to see how week one would play out. Sure. And... Uh, I got to see it. It was wonderful. So I'm all I spent the money. It was it was an easy expense for me. I always like building with some of my as many cheap things early as I can because I love when I get to the flex and I could get a big money running back or a big money receiver there. It feels nice to spend the big money in a moment where I'm like, get the best guy regardless of position. Just the guy I think amongst the expensive players is gonna ball. Yeah. And uh, I think that's Adams this week. I think it's gonna have an insane week again. I do something similar when I'm putting this together. I, I, I'll try to identify what I think values are, and then my next step is to figure out how I want to stack something. And then I go from there. Then I find out how I want to splurge, I suppose, right? Save, stack, splurge. Mm. Hitting them with the three S's. Well done. No, you well done. I was just helping identify. Oh, thanks. You betcha. The SSS, the approach. Well, I've got a mini S. Ooh, a mini S. Mini S is my mini stack. Love a mini stack. Right? So I've got my Jag stack with my Colts bring back. Uh, now I've got my mini stack in the Lions-Commanders game. I've got Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm going to bring back the mini stack with Jahan Dotson. Uh, Jahan Dotson just looks sharp. I uh, I think that Jahan Dotson is very likely going to have a good career. Five targets, three catches, two touchdowns. Uh, Made a great play to come up with a game-winning touchdown late in the commies. 
Jaguars game last year. Last year. That's not done that twice. Yeah, very bizarre. I can't get over the fact that it's week two. I, I think it's week yeah. one. I keep wanting to say last year. Last sure. week. Nope, last week, sir. Just happened a mere five days ago. Last week. Amir, great baked goods, by the way. Oof. Man, Amir five days ago Let's would be not. a strange name. <laughs> like, where? what region of the world do you think the surname five days ago hails mm. from? John Dotson, uh, only 4,200. That was for the best shaking off that terrible question. John Dotson, only 4,200 is a great <laughs> price tag. So I got my Amon Ra, John Dotson snack. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. And I believe we went with the same cheap-ass defense, right? I took the Bengals, 2,200. I, too, took the Bengals, 2,200. Uh, yeah, they're, they're playing a really bad team. I don't know. I, mean, it's, I don't know why they're so inexpensive, right? I almost feel like... I almost feel like DraftKings came up with these prices before Dak Prescott broke his thumb, which doesn't make any sense. But Very weird. Yeah, didn't update it. I'm having a really hard time. Maybe there's something I don't know about, which I don't think there is. But, I mean, this was like the second cheapest defense on the board. Or, or maybe DraftKings alone just really respects Cooper Rush. Serious admi- admiration they're, they're just for like, Cooper no, Rush. Like, DraftKings like, no, 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 dog. Dra- Cooper Rush is going to come out here and ball. They just know something we don't. They are the... They're the cheapest defense on the board. Literally yeah. the least expensive. Yeah. Why in the world would the Cardinals... I don't, God, how many times... I mean, how many ways can I go at this, right? Like, why... Cowboys Team. have a terrible offensive line. They have a backup quarterback. They Last week... I didn't do it that time. Last week, their whole game plan seemed to be structured around passing the ball to terrible second no-name wide receivers instead of C.D. Lamb. Like, the amount of times I saw them try to force the ball to guys that should be third-string wide receivers against Tampa Bay was mind-boggling. I, I don't know. I, I'm looking up at 12 defenses ahead of them that should be less money. Cardinals, Lions, Raiders, Panthers, they should all be less money. Nope. We get the Bengals at a steal, sir. It's awesome. I'm in on it. It's big, it's, it's big time. I, I feel like I was able to spend some money in some cool ways thanks to the Bengals being so cheap and getting to go beat up on Cooper Rush. I had no money left. <laughs> I had to go down to 2200 Um, I always do my defense right before my QB and my flex. I always go with my running backs, then my receivers, and then I find a defense as cheap as I can that I like. And then I fill in my QB and flex based on what's left. The problem that I have, the problem that I foresee is that the Bengals are going to be very, very widely played. I think they're going to be the hot play of the week. Which yeah, that price tag, why the fuck wouldn't they? Understandable. But I didn't have any more money, so here we are. Here we are, folks. Uh, I'm going to recap real quick. Trevor Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Christian Kirk, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amon Ra, St. Brown, my hyphenated duo, Zach Ertz at tight end, Jahan Dotson in the flex, Bungles D. Filled out my, my salary cap. Usually I like to leave a couple bucks on the board. but nice. See, I always feel way better when I've used the exact right amount. Like, really? I'm like, I want to spend every dime in the, in the bank account. The only argument against that is that I feel like that's what most people do. So if you're looking for a lineup that's going to be completely unique which is what you want if you want to win the whole damn million dollars then it might be advantageous not to do that that's the argument well, that's fair that's a reasonable thought but uh my recap i got stafford at 6300 saquon barkley at 7300 jamal williams at 5400 george pickens for 3600 jerry judy for 5600 curtis samuel for 4600 
Mark Andrews at 6,400. Devontae Adams at 8,600. And the Bungles defense for 2,200. Good runs. I, th- I, th- I think both these have some legs. We'll find out. Ne- my, neither of my DFSs that I made last week did very well. I finished just... I had some hot players in them, and then I had a couple ice-cold players in each one, and I knew I was out. I finished just outside the money. I had some hot plays, too. I mean, Michael Pittman was a great play. Saquon was a great play. You know what killed me was my uh, my Isaiah Likely play. Yeah, I, I, I did that on one I didn't uh, build on air, and that didn't work out. But that's okay. You know, you, you throw those cheap darts, and sometimes they don't work. Listen, it... it had he the, even scored a touchdown, that whole lineup you made would have looked very different. It would have been it, it would, undoubtedly in the money. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you play the game, right? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I like that. I like that approach because it gives you total uniqueness. Indeed. But yep, 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 yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. We DFS, dude. We we did it. There was daily fantasy lineups built for this coming Sunday of the NFL action. We did our three bets. That's a thing that we did as well. We did that thing. We did the prop bet. That's a thing. Uh, so we just have survivor picks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, who'd you take in the survivor? Rams. Rams? Nice. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about this. I think that a lot of people, I mean, listen, last week was a, a brutal, absolute brutal week for a survivor. That's not uncommon for that to happen in week one. But that's why you don't get creative. I mean, I think people no. try to... Don't get cute. People super try to be early. funny and save all their good teams for later in the year. Like, I, listen, just, you got someone you like, just use it right away. And that's, I took Baltimore, and now I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Rams, easy. I hope. I hope easy for you, sir. Uh, I, too, uh, I'm going with the Packers on this one. Yeah, I mean, that was that was, was on, on the radar yeah, also. You know? uh, I just feel like it's a bounce-back game. You don't see Rodgers look like shit two weeks in a row. And, like, no matter what, he's going to find a week. Like, they're going to win that game. For just, whatever reason, he loves just beating the shit out of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he really does. It's like bizarre. It, he's got, I, I think he literally probably has a poster of himself at his house, <laughs> like, dominating the Bears. And it's just, like, a daily affirmation of his that he still owns them. Like, he might even also have a pet bear that's symbolic of his ownership of the Chicago Bears. Like a full-size bear, like Borat? Yeah. Like, just like little secret at his house. He's got his bear that just reminds him of the fact that he owns the Chicago Bears. Jeez. He literally owns them. It's awesome. It's hilarious. But yeah, I took the Packers. Felt like a good pick. Felt like the, I, as I've said on this podcast before, I think the Bears are terrible. <laughs> they got really lucky with that super rainy game to beat the Niners. And uh, I think they lose pretty comfortably this week to their proper owner, Aaron Rodgers. Trey Lance, bounce back week or no? What do you think? Who do the Niners have again? Seattle. Kind of. I think Trey Lance has an okay week. Seattle, nine and a half point dogs. Yeah, I I think Trey Lance has like an okay week this week. I'm still not a big Trey Lance guy, so I'm not going to come out and be like, yeah, he balls. No, I I think he has an okay week because Seattle's not very good. But uh, Story to be determined. Yeah, Seattle's in that club, though, of, like, they're not as bad as people thought, maybe. I almost had the Seabags getting nine and a half make my make my three bets. It'll probably end up somewhere. Yeah, I, I eyeballed that as well just because it was a really large gap, and I don't think they're as bad as people think they are. Geno Smith feels a lot like an okay game manager. Definite, definite teaser material. You can tease Seattle up to plus 16. Do you think Trey Lance beats anybody by 17 points? No, I don't buy that at all. Yeah, I don't. 
But that's it, man. We did it. It's another Friday in the books. We talked about all of our various gambling picks. We got those are the topic. things we talked about. I as told well you guys as, about a terrible concert I went well to. As well as Papa Roach. We mentioned Papa Roach too, way too many times. Yeah, nougat. Um, we still want to know what nougat is. If any of you are listening and would like to help us solve the dilemma of what the fuck is nougat. We'll send you a T-shirt. We'll design a T-shirt. We've talked about this before. No one's taken us up on the T-shirts yet, but someone's bound to. If you solve any of these questions that we keep leaving in these episodes that we don't want to Google ourselves, because we have the internet, so we could probably find the answer if we really wanted to. The problem, we'd rather hear it from you. But here's the problem. The problem is that I just want to meet someone that already knows what it is, right? I don't want to hear it from someone that looked it up. I want someone that just knows what nougat is. Inherently just knows the nougat. Because I don't think anybody knows. Dude, I too, I I want to find out if someone knows. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm going to start asking people all the time. <laughs> just like strangers and stuff in passing. Yeah, you like at a stoplight and just like roll the window out. Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey! Do the the universal roll your window down sign, even yeah. though no one has those yeah. rolls anymore. It's yep. just a button for everyone now. Uh, yeah, excuse me. I'm lost. Could you tell me what nougat is? Like pretend you need directions, <laughs> but then just like ask that question instead. I'm not from around here. Can you can you define nougat? For What's that me? shit in a Snickers bar? <laughs> oh, I, I want to <laughs> see you do that really bad. I know. I want to do. I'm going to do it. At one of these Sundays of NFL drinking action, you and I have to just start asking people at a bar what nougat is. Could we take a mic? Yeah, we can. can we hot mic people trying to explain what nougat is? We can. We'll 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 work it out. I want to hot mic people doing all. Con- all right, this is we're gonna cut this short right now, and we're just gonna start doing it yeah. and see what happens. Production idea forming. We'll put it into play in some practical way sometime in the future. But in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to another installment of D two B two Sports. Don't make sure. Or don't make sure. Do not <laughs> make sure. Oh, opposite. Mm-hmm. Fake out. Do you have any last D twos or B twos you'd like to leave the people with? No, you know what I wanna I wanna get at here is. I don't even have anything I want to get at. There's got to be like a, we need a good outro, right? We need to come up with a thing that like asks people to do all the things that people always ask them to do in podcasts. That's not just obnoxiously asking for people to do things. Yeah, like asking people if they want to give five star ratings or click like or follow on the podcast, um, you know, or check out the other things on Good Fun Media, like After the Laugh Track, where we talk about sitcoms. We need a good one that doesn't or involve just giving people morons money. Morons of the multiverse that we, like, talk about MCU fandom and dive deep into the movies and the Would gear you... and the characters we like and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, that's... we need a fun way to d- talk about all those types of things that it... doesn't feel like... Look at me, Louie. If I knew of a podcast like that, I would probably like and subscribe and five-star it and leave a rating. I would definitely do all those things. I'd comment. If I knew of any of podcasts like that. I would check them out on social media at D2B2Sports Mm. on Instagram and Twitter. Right. I might even find the really weird Facebook group, D2B2. What the heck is a D2B2? Name change coming eventually. That's got to go. It's a bad name, but we'll get there. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. If I knew of any things out there that were like that, I would probably... I'm not saying that everybody should, but I'm saying that if it were me, just being the person that I am, which is the person that's a good person, like everyone that does those things. Yeah, I mean... I would, like, subscribe five-star. You seem the type that would do that, for sure. Well. And on that note, I seem the type that would end end a podcast very abruptly by saying, you stay classy, planet Earth. Peace.
If you dig what you've been listening to, make sure to check out all the other fun stuff we're doing here at Good Fun Media. Place for your hobbies, passions, interests, desires, the things that make life joyous. We've got After the Laugh Track, our podcast all about sitcom fandom, sitcoms of all kinds, the shows we love to binge, and of course, Morons of the Multiverse. We're out there talking about the MCU at large, baby. Thank you.